Yeah, whenever Mike Zimmer has made the playoffs, his defense has been a, a top five, top ten defense. So if we're talking top two or number one overall ranked defense, I think that's a recipe for success. You hear the knock and it's a gasp. Knowing what you've been through and having an appreciation is just such a sweetener when the the moment finally comes. What is up, Vikings fans? Welcome to episode number 106 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast, and we have a full house today. It's Vikings.com's Gabe Henderson, Tatum Everett, team reporter Eric Smith, and of course, producer Jay Nelson. The practices are in full swing at the TCO Performance Center as we have the Denver Broncos in town one day of joint practices on Wednesday, and they will continue on Thursday as well. So with that, I bring in Gabe Henderson. What are your overall takeaways of having the Broncos in town and out on the field? Dude, it's been amazing. Um, literally the first play of practice uh, on Wednesday, there was there was a huge, I won't say fight, but it, was, it got a little chippy, and we expect that from the jump, but I wasn't expecting on the first play of punt return that we would get that. It, but other than that, man, it's just been good battles. Um, a lot to take away just from um, the offensive line and defensive line one-on-ones. It's been solid work. I think that's all you can really ask for at this point. Of course, the guys aren't tackling right now, but all you can ask right now is like, hey, the things that we've put on film against ourselves, how does that match up against another team? And I think that that was shown on Wednesday, and we'll see more again today. Yeah, I've seen some of the videos on Twitter and seeing a Patrick Sertain, the first-round draft pick, cornerback for the Denver Broncos going up against Vikings wide receivers. That's that's probably the matchup that's been uh, really fun for me to watch. But Eric, you've been tweeting all week uh, through practices and obviously yesterday. So tell us what your favorite matchup so far has been between the Broncos and the Vikings. Man, let me think. There's a lot to watch. I, I watched the defense, the Vikings defense on Wednesday, and I was really looking forward to seeing Daniel Hunter against Garrett Bowles, but then Daniel did not dress in full pads. So my hopes and dreams were, were squashed on that one. Um, really, it's, it's always fun to watch Eric Hendricks. And, you know, he, he's always moving around. You know, we, we call him the Energizer Bunny. And he, he was at it again on, on Wednesday. He was moving around. He uh, had a couple PBUs and passing drills. And he obviously, like Gabe said, there's no live tackling. So it's tough to kind of gauge the run game. But he was in there and making plays. Um, so I'd probably say Kendrick's kind of against the defense. You know, he missed the last month of the season last year. So he looks healthy. He looks ready to go. And we hope he's back to his all-pro all pro form. I was able to watch the offense on Wednesday. Eric and I kind of split it up. I think tag teamed it. But anyway, um, I thought that there was a lot of energy from Adam Thielen. I think he was really pumped up to be out there. I saw... I mean, he caught every pass thrown his way, which I know is not surprising. But he was also getting a little chippy out there, too, as you like to say, Gabe. He's, he got one, a little, he's one of the best trash talkers He in the was game. trash talking. He was pointing. I mean, just right up until the point where it wasn't going to cause anything, you know. But um, but I thought I also thought Chad Beebe looked great out there. Um, I was really happy, or I was most excited to watch uh, Bradley Chubb and... Von Miller against the Vikings offensive line. And I think that that type of a challenge here in training camp, it will make them better because there were, um, you know, a couple of times Kirk was still in the pocket and obviously no tackling. So they, they reached him, touched his Jersey, whatnot. But, um, but yeah, I think after, after that kind of today, I hope to see just a little bit more energy and, um, and, and can't wait for Saturday. Cause obviously I think these teams are ready to go. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up, uh, 
Von Miller versus our offensive line. So, of course, so yesterday, um, Broncos team reporter Sidney Jones uh, came up to Eric at the practice and said, Von Miller said Brian O'Neill is the best right tackle in the game. And I had wow. the opportunity to watch every single rep that they did one-on-ones against each other, and Von Miller did not win one rep against Brian O'Neill. So seeing that matchup all day yesterday, I was like, okay, we, we got a right tackle for the future <laughs> on our hands. I love hearing that, Gabe. And I, I think my favorite matchup for Von Miller was him and the Vikings fans. They <laughs> seemed to get along really well. He had them doing the skull chant. He was enjoying it. Obviously, it's a, it's a friendly atmosphere between the two teams when you have former assistant general manager George Payton leading the way as the general manager in Denver. But uh, you love to see Von Miller enjoying the Vikings fans and, and everybody just enjoying themselves going against opponents for the first time. But Tatum, I'm going to go to you with this one because you've had a chance to talk to these players after practice. And I believe it was Wednesday when you got Tyler Conklin to kind of open up about his role this year. Uh, what were your overall takeaways from that conversation? I know the tight end position is one of the biggest storylines for the Vikings right now, not having Kyle Rudolph and looking to Irv Smith Jr. and, and your boy Tyler Conklin there. Yeah, without Rudy, I think it leaves a big void for both guys, both Irv and Tyler Conklin, to step up. I think their play complements each other. And I'm, I mean, they've been standouts for me during camp. And listening to Kirk Cousins this week at the podium, he spoke about how despite these two guys being as young as they are or, you know, going into their third, fourth seasons, they act like veterans. They feel it's feel like feels like they've been here for 10 years. And so when someone like Kirk, who's played the game for as long as he has, says that to me, that speaks volumes. And um, yeah, that's kind of was my takeaway yesterday was listening to Kirk and and Tyler was really, um, you know, I, I, I told him because he didn't really he had one listening to the press conference. So I kind of pointed that out to him. And he was like, I mean, that means a lot to me. But it's it's about the room. You know, I think a great team player always puts it back on the room or the group as a whole and never just kind of takes the spotlight for himself. And so I think that's just the kind of relationship he has with the rest of the tight end room. All right. Well, those are some of the initial takeaways from the first few days of practice here with the Denver Broncos. Obviously, the first preseason game at U.S. Bank Stadium takes place at on Saturday at 3 p.m. I cannot wait. I'm so excited for that. But first, we got to get through this episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast, where we have Craig Peters join later on in the show. The Vikings senior editor had the chance to go to Canton, Ohio for Steve Hutchinson's Hall of Fame enshrinement. So he brings all his takeaways from last weekend in Ohio. And of course, the first Vikings depth chart of the season was released. That's a big time storyline here for Vikings.com, because as Eric Smith and I know, it is the number one viewed article by you, the Vikings fans, every single season. I don't know why. I guess it's just the the hype, the anticipation, everybody excited for the season to see where the players land. So uh, why don't we get right into that with Eric, who put together the article on Vikings.com. What are your, what are your takeaways from that depth chart? I know you did the article. You put it together. You have to have some takeaways with what we put out there for the first Vikings depth chart. Yeah, Chris. Well, you're right. The first takeaway is that it uh, just explodes on Vikings.com, and the the article views are just insane. Honestly, I was kind of we have a an app to kind of track, you know, how articles perform on the site, and you know, it, 
that that article just shoots up every year, and r- r- obviously right after we posted it. But as far as takeaways from the actual depth chart, there weren't a ton of surprises to me. There were a few positions that I was interested in to see kind of who got the starting nod, and, and those are obviously with the position battles we've been watching. Ole Udo got the nod at right guard, so he's listed as the starter. And again, this is the, the unofficial depth chart, so... You have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. It's not necessarily the week one starting lineup for September 12th against Cincinnati, but it's kind of where things stand right now. So Ole had the start at right guard, and I'd probably agree with that. He probably has the edge a little bit over Dakota Dozier, even though those two are battling for the starting right guard spot. Uh, The rest of the offensive line was pretty set. You know, the skill position players are set. You know, we talked about Conklin and Irv. They're, They're the tight ends and... Jefferson and Thielen and Kirk and Cook. It's it pretty it's pretty set on offense. And defense, the two I wanted to look at were who had the edge at linebacker three, and that was actually Nick Vigil. And I guess it's not a total surprise given uh, Mike Zimmer's comment from a, a few days ago where he said, you know, Nick is doing well, but the rest of the linebackers have to pick it up. And so that wasn't a huge surprise that, that Vigil had the start there or at least had the, the top spot on the depth chart. And then the third one was, who is the starting cornerback opposite Patrick Peterson? And they gave it to Bashad Breland. And I I have to agree with that, too, because while him and Dantzler have kind of rotated a bit uh, with, the, with the ones, it's mostly been Breland. And he has more veteran experience than Dantzler. I mean, Breland started, I think, over 100 total games in the NFL. We know Dantzler just had one one season last year. So it, it's okay that, that Cam is not listed as the the starter on the depth chart I think he's still going to play a big role um, but it just shows the comp- almost like the complete opposite of a year ago where last year the Vikings were, were relying on a bunch of young inexperienced corners and then the two starting corners this year are Peterson and Breland who I think have over 250 games of NFL experience yeah you can't coach experience and that's I think that's the point that Eric hit uh, Dantzler, he will see a lot of playing time this year. I'm, I'm not concerned about that. It's just the fact of what package will that be in. Is that a dime personnel? Is that a nickel personnel? You can't keep a, a talent like Cameron Dantzler on the bench too long. But I think this is a good year for him because he has the opportunity to learn from a couple of veteran guys. I think once he starts to mature a little bit more, he'll use this knowledge and experience from this year or I guess just this training camp alone uh, to propel himself to being that perennial Pro Bowl player that he says he wants to be one day. So it's, it's been fun to see how that cornerback position has been shaken up so far. Well, I think that's by design, too. I mean, Eric, you talked about it looking so different from last season, and that's exactly what the front office wanted to do, bring in the experience, bring in the veterans to try and shore up the problems that the defense had last season. And I think one thing, one more thing to add is I know we're focused on training camp and the 2021 season right now. But you have to keep in the back of your mind that both Peterson and yeah. Breland and McKenzie Alexander are all on one-year deals. So it's a kind of a short-term look for that group right now. Dantzler is, I think, one of the one of the few cornerbacks who's on the who's under contract past this season. So he may not start. He may not, you know, have that that title. But as Gabe said, he's going to play a lot. Yeah, and we know for sure he's going to be here next year. So he, he's an important part of the of the secondary going forward. Last takeaway for me, I like seeing KJ Osborne in that second spot uh, at wide receiver one behind Justin Jefferson. 
Uh, he was placed ahead of D.D. Westbrook, the veteran, who has not been able to get on the field yet, so that makes sense. And what about Jake Browning being given the backup number two quarterback spot? Obviously, he's been out there the most out of the quarterback room with all the COVID uh, issues that the Vikings have had at that position. So um, good to see Browning get rewarded for what he's done with his reps at Vikings training camp. On the defensive side of the ball, my one takeaway is how deep the defensive line is. And looking at the, I think just the interior and then also obviously the pass rushers, Gabe, compare that to last year, man. I mean, it's a, you have Sheldon Richardson at the two spot. I mean, the guy's had a few all pros in yeah. his career and he's behind a Dalvin Tomlinson. Yeah, you're only as good as your backups, they say, right? And if our <laughs> backups is a guy who can get you six or seven sacks a year, that that's saying a lot about your, your defense overall. I mean, last year we had what, 23, well, 23 and a half sacks overall. Add Daniel Hunter to that mix, and now you're a, a top 15 pass rushing team. Daniel Hunter has, what, 29 sacks uh, in 2018 and 2019 combined. So now you have this elite pass rush, not to mention you got Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson in the middle, so you're, you're not running the ball on us like you were last year. I, I think this is a top 10 defense. Of course, Mackenzie Alexander on MVP last week said this is a top two defense. So a guy like that's you know, that's a that's a hot take. But for a guy like that saying this this early on in the season or preseason, uh, for example, I'm excited. I, how can you not be excited? Right. I don't know how much of a hot take that is. I mean, there was an article on The Athletic last week. Uh, I think the guy's name is Shell Kapadia. He, he's a pretty respected NFL writer. He said going into the 2021 season, the Vikings are going to have the number one defense in the league. Hmm. So there's a lot of hype around this defense. And we know the Vikings poured a ton of resources into this unit this offseason, way more so than the offense, yeah. obviously. And they sort of revamped it after you know a pretty embarrassing season last year. And it's Mike Zimmer's ready to go. You know he he has his guys and he has the talent. He has a mix of veterans and young guys, and it's time to go. Yeah, whenever Mike Zimmer has made the playoffs, his defense has been a, a top five, top ten defense. So if we're talking top two or number one overall ranked defense with the what we had the fourth best offense last year as far as total yards or total offense, I think that's a recipe for success. I agree. So there's our takeaways from the depth chart, our takeaways from the first few days of joint practices. Now let's go back in time and talk about the career of Steve Hutchinson, which was honored this past weekend in Canton, Ohio, the Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement. Such a great experience for Vikings fans to see one of the all-time offensive linemen for this team be honored for such a such a great, consistent career a career that he was one of the best offensive linemen on the 2009 team when Brett Favre took that team to the NFC Championship game and was a big part of Vikings history, uh, just one of the best players to ever wear the purple and gold. So I'll throw it to Eric. What are your overall takeaways of Steve Hutchinson as a Minnesota Viking? Man, I just kind of picture uh, you know Hutch played left guard, and I just think him just mauling people in the run game. I mean, for a long time, the Vikings had probably the league's best rushing attack when Adrian Peterson was here. And Adrian certainly is a talent, you know, probably a Hall of Fame talent alone. But you have to have blockers up front. And having Hutch pave the way, just everything worked in sync and just made for a dynamic running game. Um, offensive linemen don't get a ton of credit. You know, they, they kind of do their job and, and 
go home for the day. But it was just obvious that the Hutchinson just just kind of mauled people and just moved them out of the way. And the Vikings put together a really nice tribute from former teammates and coaches uh, for Hutch. And Adrian was on there, and he talked about his 296-yard game against the Chargers, and he was like, at halftime, I only had 40 or 50 yards, and Hutch, you were the one saying, keep going, keep going. And Adrian obviously rushed for over 200 yards in the second half, and most of them were to the left side, right behind Hutch. Just just an iconic player, a great guy in, in Vikings history, and we're all happy for him to be enshrined in Canton. Well, you talk about that video from his former teammates, the names they, they say for themselves, Randy Moss, Tom Brady from the University of Michigan. The list goes on and on. Let's take a listen to that tribute to Steve Hutchinson. Steve Hutchinson. Man, the time is over. Man, I remember a few years ago, man, me and you sitting down at that dinner banquet and just saying, man, Moss, when I put the Hall of Fame jacket on, it will be complete. Well, Mr. Hutchison, as the old teammate, congratulations. We are now teammates for life. Well-deserved, great career. Congratulations, big fella. Hutch, what's up? Congratulations on the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, we've known each other, man, going back 25 years and uh, so proud of you, all that you've accomplished uh, in life, on and off the field. You're a great example to all of us pro athletes about how to do things the right way. So. Glad to see you're going to be enshrined this weekend. I'll be there in person and look forward to seeing you. Best always. Take care. Just what he brought to us and in some rare circumstances, him coming from Seattle to us, and then what he, he, he lent to the Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, he was such a big part of our success there in uh, that championship run 2009. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Hutch? I just wanted to take a moment to say congratulations um, to let you know that I'm honored and I'm proud that um, you are in the position that you're in right now. You gave this lead 12 years of playing at a high level. And I was blessed to be a part of that for five years in Minnesota. You were, you were durable. Uh, you were accountable. You were physical. You were technique sound. You were one of those guys that did it the right way. Every time you stepped on that field in your presence, was felt when I lined up behind you. I knew when I ran to the left side, I had no worries, you know. And, um, you know, that's just a testament to why you are in the position that you are now getting ready to put on that yellow jacket, man. I'm so pumped up for you, man. You you deserve it. Tremendous amount of respect for Steve and what he and how he played the game and, and what he stood for. and his family and I uh, really emulated kind of what he what he did with his family and how he interacted and uh, just a just a great dude um, rough around the edges and um, I always respected the way he approached the game and just tremendous tremendous player congratulations Steve uh, I'm very proud of uh, uh, of your induction and uh, I know how important you were to our team and for many years and such a leader and such a great guy uh, again Congratulations, Steve. Uh, it's incredible just to be here to see someone so deservingly go into the Hall of Fame. And not only uh, was he a great player, but he's even a better human being. And uh, to see him being honored for his career, uh, both in Seattle and here in Minnesota, uh, it's I feel honored just to be here. You know, he looks incredible. He looks better now than he did when he was playing. And it's been it's been you know ten years I think since he was last in the NFL and. Um, 
just really thrilled for him and Landon and the kids. It's amazing to be here and see Luke and Lily. And you know, the last time we saw them in person, they were they were little kids, and now they're you know I think Lily's getting ready to go off to college here soon, and Luke's you know rapidly catching his dad in size, and uh, it's uh, it's incredible. It makes you feel a little bit old. Hey, congrats, Steve. I mean, well deserved on what you you accomplished. Um, looking forward to getting the watching you go and get enshrined and, the, and many years down the road coming back to the hall getting to know you even better so yeah like you said we're uh, congratulations I, I think every good team is built on on their big men and uh he was just such a consistent uh, unbelievable player for so long and he just helped bolster a great offensive line that 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 had so much success in, in, in such a in such a hard league and uh you know, because of him, he, he just brought this whole different uh, level of tenacity and, and consistency that, that everyone looked up to and, uh, you know, just tried to, tried to match. And a lot of us failed in doing that, but, you know, um, he was just a tremendous leader, a, a guy that was a no BS guy, um, that was just a, an embodiment of, of what, you know, the Minnesota Vikings are and, and – uh, he just he just provided tremendous leadership, and that's why he's here. In the, you know, going to be inducted to the Hall of Fame. You know, I'll never forget my rookie year um, against San Diego, going into the locker room at halftime. We had forty three yards rushing, and um, I remember looking at you guys and looking at you, and you were just like you wasn't phased because you knew there was opportunities that had presented itself. And I remember too, a lot of them came on the left side, and I screwed the play up. Because I was I wasn't being patient, being patient, and not once did you get upset. You just told me to keep on pounding, keep on pounding. We came out the second half and rushed for 253 yards, and 161 of those, 161 of those yards came from your side. <laughs> You're talking about a guy that dominated the game at a high level for a long time, Hutch. That was you, man, and um, it was just an honor to play with you, and um, it was it was it was a no brainer that you would be. Um, you know, having the success and, um, you know, getting ready to, you know, say your speech here, here soon, you know, so, uh, I just take my hat off to you again and know that it was an honor to play with you, brother. Love you and God bless you. Well, you heard it there. Randy Moss, Tom Brady, the names go on and on. Gabe, when you see that many players, substantial Hall of Fame players talking about Steve Hutchinson, what does that mean for him and his career? That, that means his career is respected. That means he, he's put the work in to, to get where he needs to be. To have, I guess, to have future Hall of Famers and former Hall of Famers giving praise to a guy like Steve Hutchinson at this point in his life, I think that says a lot about his career. Eric hit a lot of things on the head as far as who he was as a person, who he was as a player. And just seeing the respect and appreciation around the league, I don't think you can ask for any much more credit than that. I think that's like the the stamp on his Hall of Fame just career. I mean, you get a guy like I mean Randy Moss, AP, Tom Brady. I mean, you you named a few of those guys. Like you you don't get those guys to say those guys don't really say much. So when they do, you you know it's a stamp of approval. When those guys talk, people listen. So that's definitely uh, as good as it can get. For a guy who plays probably one of the positions that you never hear about, to, for him to get all that recognition from Hall of Fame players and some of the best players ever, 
that's as good as it gets. But uh, Gabe and I had a chance to talk with senior editor of Vikings.com, Craig Peters, who covered the entire weekend in Canton, Ohio. Let's take a listen to that conversation with Craigers. All right, so we bring in the first guest of today's show, and it's Vikings.com senior editor Craig Peters joins the show, and we bring him in right outside the TCO Performance Center. You can't see it because we're just doing audio here, but uh, Craig is working around the tier system at the TCO Performance Center. What's going on, Craigers? Hey, Corso. Good to see you, buddy. Good, good to speak with you. Good to join the podcast. And uh, I, it is nice to be back in Minnesota after a, a fantastic trip to Canton, Ohio, the cradle of professional football. Uh, you know me, I'm a big history, football history geek. So, I mean, that's go, going there is just always incredible. Uh, came back this week. You know, we got a big week with, with uh, preseason kicking off, joint practices, a lot of excitement in the air. So that's that's super great too. I briefly spoke with a couple of Broncos employees and they had just come back from Canton too. And it's, you know, so they're in like an even bigger whirlwind uh, of things with being here for a few days. So, but it's great, great to be back and uh, great to join you today. Yeah. The reason I had you on the show is because you just got back from Canton, Ohio, as you said and mentioned, you were covering Steve Hutchinson's pro football hall of fame enshrinement. So I guess my first question is, what is your favorite moment from your weekend in Canton, Ohio with Steve Hutchinson? I think it was just seeing the way that NFL and, and uh, football people really can reconnect after after so long. And it, it's like they, they pick up right where they left off, you know, like Hutch was able to play for five seasons in Seattle, six here in Minnesota, and then actually uh, one in Tennessee. I was actually with the Titans in, in that final season down there. So, uh, you know, got to know him a little bit down there, and um, it was it was great. You know, we, we fly in on Thursday, be in, and uh, we rush right to his hotel, knock out a couple interviews, and, and then you almost don't see him again the rest of the weekend up close because of so many obligations. But um, the people that traveled from near, far, uh, you know, as, as close as like Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Browns, stopped by Hutch's party on Friday night. And then like people from the West Coast and, you know, Hutch is doing some work for Seattle in the personnel department now. So a lot of their scouts were there and uh, his college teammates were there, you know, like some of some of the members of the 97 uh, Michigan title team. Uh, Jake Long, who had been here for a little bit, too, he, he was on a Michigan man and, uh, and head coach Lloyd Carr even came out and then uh, the Manning family was there. So it's, it's really neat to see um, the way that goes. And, and like one thing that I did observe is the night of Hutch's party was the, this just hours earlier, they had gotten their gold jackets, you know? So, so Hutch is wearing the most coveted sports jacket in, in professional football. Right. And other people who had received their gold jackets at the same ceremony did not wear them. And I don't know if it was deliberate or not, but I think it kind of was as a nod to like, Hey, you should be the only one wearing this one at this event, you know? So, so uh, Peyton Manning was wearing like the jacket that he was wearing before he had his placed on, you know, and, and Charles Woodson was there. And um, so it, it was just really neat to see those connections uh, cross team and, and regions and at a time when everyone's just really so excited to try to return to normalcy. Yeah, one of the the highlights that 
that I just saw from afar from Steve Hutchinson's speech was he says, as far as I'm concerned, there's not a better place on earth than Canton, Ohio today. Just the energy there um, in, in Canton that day surrounding Steve Hutchinson. Could, could you expound on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, so the Saturday, uh, Saturday in Canton is, is a special day. And, and this year everyone got a Sunday in Canton too with the 21 class, but the 2020 class of which uh, Steve is a member finally got their recognition after a year long postponement. And uh, they, they, they have the parade that morning. So the community can really celebrate uh, the role that Canton has had in, in professional football uh, when, when it started in 1920 with a meeting on September 17th and uh, they, they put together somehow a 14 team league, not, not every team even played like a full season that year, but they, they had it going. And then uh, Hutch was able to swing by a Viking social gathering that day uh, around lunchtime and uh, speak with, with Ziggy Wilf, our owner and chairman. And, you know, earlier in the day, uh, Mr. Wilf had celebrated a, a ribbon cutting for a founders exhibit inside the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So we we're able to, to attend that and cover that. And we'll have some content on that uh, in the near future. But then as Hutchinson was leaving, the man is still working at his, at his crap because he was leaving to go practice with the teleprompter. He had never done that before. Yeah. And you know he wanted <laughs> to nail it. It's the biggest speech. Offensive linemen are notorious for not liking public speaking, you know? So, but like... <laughs> Um, when, when that moment is extended to you, I shouldn't say extended to you because you've earned every bit of that, but like when all of the things that they talk about that made him a great player, intensity, work ethic, preparation, uh, delivery, finishing, like, I think all of those elements that made him so great as a player and a person were included in that speech. I loved the speech. Uh, you know, you, you can say bias or whatever, but I just thought it just delivered on so much. It delivered so much authenticity. And I think that that is one of his uh, biggest attributes, authenticity. And that's why teammates came back from from nearly two decades and why uh, more recent Vikings teammates were so happy to, to come to Canton and, and celebrate Hutch. My natural next question is, what's your favorite bite? from Hutchinson's speech do you have like a couple words that just stuck out in your head and you remember that's my favorite moment from that speech yeah I, I just think it it it's so much about how much he and his wife have been together on this journey since the eighth grade I mean wow. you go back to eighth grade and you think about <clears throat> you know having this uh partnership relationship marriage you raise two children and like through the test of time, you know, things that stand the test of time is uh, just really incredible to me. And you can see like when he started to describe his family. And then I will say when he, when he choked out talking about the days his kids were born, because a lot of people say, Oh, that's the best day of my life. But then like it became clear so quickly that so many days that he spent with his children since then have been so enjoyable for him. I mean, Steve Hutchinson, seven-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, 
Craig, what do you think? I mean, you had the opportunity to, to work with him one year while you were in Tennessee, but overall, overall looking at his entire career, what do you think his best attribute was? I think the, I even wrote that in, in the coverage of the speech that night is, is just the intensity that he brought because Randall McDaniel, fellow Hall of Fame guard, fellow Vikings legend, uh, just that, that, I mean, he perks up when he talks away that about the way that he saw Steve Hutchinson finishing blocks, you know, so that intensity is, is just always there. And it had to be because when he started in Seattle, his first three years, he was practicing against John Randall, another gold jacket. So he also <laughs> widely credits those years. And he's, he's kind of described the way that like eventually he got to a point of going against John that uh, he was starting to hold his own. And his offense, his teammates on the offensive line, his his presenter was center Robbie Toback, uh, and then uh, his his flank was Walter Jones, another Hall of Famer. And that was actually the first time that Steve had ever been to Canton was for Walter Jones's enshrinement oh. weekend. So, um, and then that was his his next trip. Obviously, since was this past weekend. But yeah, just the intensity and then the technique. I mean, you have to have such great technique to not get a single penalty for an entire NFL season. That's so crazy. That's you know, so you think crazy. About that. You think about the life of an O-lineman, people know you if things went wrong, right? And they, right, right, you exactly. You live under the radar most of the time. I mean, you know, the, the people that select the all pros and the Pro Bowls might, you know, notice how just how great you are. But it's, it's just incredible to think about not a single penalty for two separate seasons. And that, that's just this, this commitment to technique and uh, always doing it the right way. You know, like a, yeah. if you get slightly disadvantaged in a play and you, you try to take a shortcut, you know, that's, that's when you might get a hold penalty or whatever, you know? So you like, you just yeah. take the easy route. Um, but you know, the fact that he didn't do that, uh, is is pretty pretty impressive and I think quite evident. Last one for me. I I just noticed in your interview with with Hutch before the ceremony, he was kind of uh, emphasizing the fact that it means so much more that he hadn't been in the first few times. Now he's in. W- what do you think that that meant to him to miss it a few times and then get recognized? Obviously not the most glamorous position on the offensive line. But now he's finally in. He gets the knock on the door uh, from from the head of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is one of my favorite moments on Twitter. Uh, but what do you think it meant to him to miss it the first few times and now he's enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Yeah, there's a fantastic uh, video that, that Steve's wife, Landon, took of that moment when they're they're waiting in the Miami hotel to, to find out if it's going to be a knock or a phone call. And David Baker told me how he had had to deliver that phone call to Hutchinson a couple times. And that video just captures the family's knowledge of just how much that moment means, how badly everyone in the room wanted it so authentically. Um, and just like, you know, you see this, this big burly guy lumbering around pacing, you know, and then uh, you hear the knock and it's a gasp and then there's <laughs> tears, you know, and you can tell like, and this is, I mean, one thing is, is Steve is like one of the earliest guards to ever go in in eligibility. It was his third year of, of eligibility in which he went in. And there's only a handful of like only played guards ever that have gone in faster. 
Hmm. So e- even so, his sleep maybe wasn't as long as Alan Fanica, a, t- a 2021 in Shrani, that also played guard and, and did it so well. Uh, but you can tell that he appreciates where he came from, every step of the journey, every block, every weight lifted, every speech from a coach, every grinding through being banged up, everything that he could put into becoming one of the best to ever play the position. And the yeah. fact that that is recognized by a guy who didn't really go out of his way to pull praise on himself as he was doing all of these things. Once it's finally officially recognized and he can sign his name with HOF after it, wherever he wants to now, <laughs> If he wants to do that that way, he's got that opportunity the rest of his life. So I think that knowing what you've been through and having an appreciation is is just such a sweetener when the the moment finally comes. Yeah, um, especially being the first offense, well, the second offensive, I guess, offensive lineman drafted in the 2001 draft. He is the only offensive lineman in the 2001 draft class to actually be in the Hall of Fame right now. So I think that that pretty much speaks to his career in its entirety. And a quote that stands out to me um, in this press conference that he said, he said, success isn't always comfortable or easy. It requires sacrifice. And especially from a guy being drafted in the first round, you just think it comes easy, right? Because, oh, my gosh, you, you, you got everything going for you. But for a guy like Steve Hutchinson, where he said, where it doesn't come easy, what do you think that provides the offensive lineman now on this Minnesota Vikings roster that want to be Hall of Famers? Yeah, and I think that that's, that's a great uh, goal to have. And I think there's a realization. I mean, he, he set it out and he laid that out there. And his, his presenter even talked about right when he got there that he said, I, I want to be the best. I want to make it to the Hall of Fame. Whatever you do in life, you, if you're an offensive lineman now, if, if you're doing whatever, if you're not playing football, if you're – if you're just trying to, to be the best you can be and maximize whatever your goals are, if you remember why you have those goals and you persevere and you you go through everything, any challenges and you, you problem solve and, and remain focused on the, the final destination, I think that that can that can be a message for all of us. Um, and so I think I think that you're you're spot on with with it isn't always easy, you know, and, and people assume for a first round pick, it, it never was hard. Right. So, uh, and while the, the strength and the athleticism and all of those, I would say God given traits and abilities that are maybe enhanced through hard work, um, were already there. I mean, at, at one time he was like being considered to play defensive tackle yep. at Michigan. You know, so and then you switch and then you become one of the best guards ever in the NFL. So it's it's just such a reminder to all of us when we have a rough day that success isn't supposed to come easy. I think I think that there are things we can do that that set us up for success. And I think that um, Steve was able to do so many of those things and and stay committed and um, and work his his rear off, you know. Well, there you have it from Craig Peters, Vikings.com, giving me the chills and, and making me want to be better in my everyday life. That's for sure. So <laughs> My uh, motivational speaker. <laughs> I right? love it. I love it, Craigers. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for bringing us all of your insight from your trip with Steve Hutchinson. 
at the Pro Football Hall of Fame this past week. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's it's an incredible honor to have been able to cover that. And uh, just look forward to a couple more Vikings enshrinements down the road uh, to keep Hutch company. All right. Well, thanks to Craig Peters for joining the show. You always get motivated when you talk to Craig, that's for sure. I think Gabe and I had the chills after hearing uh, Craig's little motivational speech there, which you love to hear. But uh, so many things going on with the Minnesota Vikings, from Hall of Fame enshrinements to Vikings training camp with the Denver Broncos. I guess we'll wrap it up with some final takeaways. And I'll go to you, Tatum. What are you most looking forward to in the Vikings' first preseason game coming up at U.S. Bank Stadium on Saturday? I'm just so excited to see this team come together as a whole, honestly. Like, obviously, we've talked about our matchups at camp, and I'll have my eyes on that, too. But I want to see some game action. I feel like we've waited three weeks for this, not to mention, you know, OTAs and minicamp. And I want to see, um, obviously, we won't see too many of the starters, this, you know, in this one. So I'm, I'm excited to get to see these younger guys and experienced guys maybe get a chance to go out there and prove themselves, and especially on special teams. Um, I think that's something to watch for a lot of these young guys. And so, um, honestly, I'm, I know that's maybe the boring answer, but I'm just excited to watch football. That's never a bad answer. Not practice. <laughs> never a bad answer watching football. I think we all miss it as much as anything. There's going to be a lot of weekends of football coming up consecutively here, and I cannot wait. Eric, what are your final thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see fans back in the building. I know we all missed that last year. Um, and just the atmosphere and the energy they create, I, I can't wait to see that on Saturday afternoon. In terms of on the field, I'm excited to watch Jake Browning. And Chris, you, talk, you touched on him earlier. You know, he's really shown a lot, I think, this training camp and A, being available to be on the field, but also, you know, he kind of stepped up as a leader and kept the train on the tracks when the team really needed it. And he has kind of grabbed hold of that backup quarterback job right now behind Kirk Cousins. But can he keep doing it in in the in games? You know, he's looked good in practice, you know, kind of against the same defense over and over. But let's see how he does in front of 65,000 fans, you know, against a, a good Denver Broncos defense. Um on TV, like when, when the bright lights are going, I, I think he can step up to, to the plate and step up to the challenge. And if he does, you know, he'll really kind of solidify that, that backup spot because um, Kellen Mond is not expected to play on Saturday. He's he just a little bit too far behind. So if Browning can keep his momentum going as the backup, he should be in a good spot heading into the season. Gabe, what are you looking forward to? I think just on top of what both Tatum and Eric said, as, as far as like seeing the purple faithful, out there I haven't experienced it like as I haven't experienced a home game at US Bank Stadium with fans so I'm looking forward to that but on top of what Eric said about Jake Browning I'm just looking forward to seeing who is that next guy who is going to be that one person that emerges that we haven't talked about all offseason is it a Dan Chisena is it a Harrison Hand or just someone that we haven't heard or talked about like who's who's gonna shine bright when the opportunity is is right upon them I mean we've seen all these guys practice we've seen all these guys play but some guys are just they just have that switch when it's game time they turn it on and we haven't been able that's the one thing we haven't been able to see all training camp all mini camp all OTAs so who's going to be that guy I'm not sure who is who's who is going to be it's a Sheldon Richardson is it DJ Wanham? Is it Patrick Jones II? Like those guys haven't had the the starting reps uh, per se at, in during training camp, but they'll they'll have an opportunity uh, to get to the quarterback in preseason game number one. So who's going to be that guy? I'm not sure, but I know somebody will emerge. 
Well, I think we know in years past, normally the starters get one drive on offense. That's usually how it goes in, in the first preseason game. The defense, you see them you know, play a few reps, and then Mike Zimmer likes to get them out of there and avoid any injuries. So uh, you definitely will get a chance to see a Patrick Jones rush the quarterback for the first time. Um, I remember a few years ago, Afadio Denebo really making his way in this defense, and Stephen Weatherly was another guy who really showed off in the preseason. A lot of the young Vikings pass rushers will have that opportunity to do that on Saturday. So uh, we're, we're just all excited for football. I can't wait. I know you guys can't wait. And Saturday, August 14th, U.S. Bank Stadium, preseason game number one at 3 p.m. Central Time. We're all excited here at the Vikings Entertainment Network. Stay tuned to all of our coverage on all of our platforms. You guys have been doing an outstanding job with Vikings Training Camp Live from the TCO Performance Center. That's going on just about every day uh, leading up to the first preseason game. So stay tuned on all of our platforms. Tatum's been getting every single Viking player after practice out on the field. So look forward to those interviews and look forward to all the content coming up leading up to preseason game number one. That'll do it for the crew here on the Minnesota Vikings podcast, episode 106. We will see you next week. Thank you.